Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. It is your boy, Front Row Kenny, and it sounds like I'm going to be dolo once again. Yes, Mr. Renee is not doing the intro. It is me. You're going to get a smaller dose for this episode of just me. Um, thanks to Pierce joining on la- uh, the week before last, let me say, um, to hop on as a guest. That was really cool. If you guys aren't following Black Interest in Motorsports on Clubhouse, make sure you do. Um, had a great time with him last week, and it was a great episode, So, or the week before last. I keep saying that, but... Either way, it was a great episode. We had a real good time. Renee did come back last week. Um, that was fun. So, yeah, um, it's uh, obviously odd doing the intro when I don't have uh, my sidekick with me <laughs> to talk about a weekend. But um, if you guys were affected by Hurricane Ian, definitely thinking about you guys right now. Um, it plagued majority of Florida, a lot of the uh, coastal line, South Carolina and North Carolina. So, uh, for those affected, definitely, like we said, like I said, we're definitely thinking about you. Um, at least here in Charlotte, it did not hit as bad. And mainly due to the weather being a little bit cooler than it was anticipated. It was looking like we were going to get about three to seven inches of rain. I don't even think the Charlotte area got close to that. I don't think so, at least. Um, we got a lot of heavy wind. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a weekend of not really doing too much anyway, as it is. So, um, my weekend was relaxed and laid back, so yes, I did have a chance to watch quite a bit of racing this weekend, and of course, we kick-started it with the truck race, and I know we don't talk about trucks often, but given the nature of that accident with Jordan Anderson, and it was a shocking one, um, you know, him hopping out of the car and having to jump out, and he did suffer some burns, and he was, you know, taking a UAB um, and was treated, and he was released the same day, so thankfully he's okay, but... Um, man, that was a, a pretty bizarre wreck. Uh, there was another one that happened in Arca and Daytona um, years and years ago, well before my time, um, that was kind of similar where you've had a driver really get out the car before it even stops, really. And the danger part was it was, you know, obviously you hit the wall, um, which was kind of crazy. And obviously the biggest thing we've been talking about um, in the NASCAR world is safety. Safety has been the main thing that everyone is concerned about, whether it's, you know, the truck series or the cup series at this time now, right? So, or at least according to Good Morning America and a few other outlets that don't really pay attention enough that think that it's been a universal problem. It has been more so a cup series problem. This is an isolated incident in itself, but um, yeah, it was uh, crazy. Again, like I said, just glad he's okay. Jordan, if you have met him before, he's a super nice guy, really good people. Um, definitely wishing him well in his recovery from the burns, but yeah, that was a uh, pretty crazy on Saturday. Um, the Xfinity race was, it was fine. Um, I don't think we had any, at least safety deals, but we've had AJ Allmendinger win and that was pretty huge and he was pretty hyped up. Um, we will also talk about him a little bit, uh, later on in the episode, but yeah, um, Cup Series on Sunday, Talladega, um, usually a very crazy and chaotic one. I feel like we didn't get that chaotic, excuse me, chaotic of a race at Talladega this time around, but um, a very clean finish. And honestly, I really can't complain about a finish like that when a lot of these super speedway races have ended in crashes and there's a ton of them um, that have obviously been pretty bad over history. And given the nature of we've had quite a few drivers get hurt as of late, 
um, with concussion-like symptoms, it was refreshing to see that race actually finish um, where, you know, finish where it was clean. So Chase Elliott obviously got it done. Um, that was a huge win for him. I mean, you know, winning at Talladega, winning at Atlanta was one thing, but also winning at Talladega where quite a few of his fans still um, kind of come from, given that it's not too far away from Atlanta. But, um, yeah, Chase Elliott won it. Ryan Blaney came home in second. Michael McDowell came home in third. He stayed up front all day. So for my folks that play DraftKings, I'm sure – each and every time a super speedway race comes up, I'm sure you pick him or a road course racing as well. So he might be a good pick for this weekend at the Roval. Fourth was Ross Chastain. Fifth was Denny Hamlin. Sixth, Eric Jones, um, who also was running up front. It looked like he was going to get himself a second win of the season. Um, Todd Gillen came home in seventh. Great day for him. Eighth, Daniel Suarez. Ninth was Austin Sendrick. And to round out the top ten was Chase Briscoe, who is just barely in the playoffs right now um, as he is tied. Um, for eighth, when eighth and ninth, I guess you could say, however you want to say it, um, with Austin Cedric, who is currently on the bubble. So, yeah, um, the top ten was pretty expected in my eyes. I'm not shocked that, to see a Chevrolet win at a super speedway and let alone be Chase Elliott, who has won at Talladega before, um, to grab that win again. So, yeah, it was a it was a fine race. Um, I don't think it was, like, the best Talladega race in the world by any means, but... I was very happy to have it where it actually finished fine and clean and no one really had to tear up 20, 30-something cars just to get a finish and get a random winner, right? I, I think Chase um, made a great move at the end, got a great push. Uh, Ryan Blaney looked like he had a chance. I mean, it seemed like it was, but that final move was what sold, was what sold that for him, and it literally got him in victory lane. So Chase also becomes the first driver and the playoffs to actually win as a playoff eligible driver. So, yeah, it's, it's been a very weird trend. Um, obviously, at Texas, um, Tyler Reddick was in the playoffs, but he got knocked out and he happened to win at Texas. So, um, yeah, it was it has been the story of non-playoff drivers this entire um, set of playoffs. So it's been really weird as we are coming down to the last, what, six weeks of the season. And he is the first so far. So, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting playoffs. Um I still don't really have like a clear-cut favorite for a champion. Chase would be one um, that I wouldn't think would be an egregious take if someone was to say it. But um, very quietly, it's had a very good season. You know, knocked off a couple wins, obviously, you know, here and there. Um, they've been very consistent. And, you know, sometimes quiet consistently consistency gets it done. I mean, it's just like Ryan Blaney. Um, if he was to sneak his way in and get into the, get into the championship four, I'm going to be honest, it – really wouldn't shock me it, it you, you couldn't color me shocked if if that was to happen like I mean right now he's 32 points above um the cut line I think he should be good to go um barring nothing insane happens at the Roval I'm sure getting a win would have been even better for him but unfortunately that's just not the case but um you know looking again looking at that even there's a couple guys like even on the bottom half that do have that odd shot of like if their day goes wrong you know, they could very well be out the playoffs. You know, Joey Logano and Kyle Larson are 18 points above. A bad day definitely could knock them out. Um, same thing with Dan Suarez is 12 points above. Um, very easy for that to happen. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a little rough in that in that category for some of these drivers trying to get a win in the playoffs. But um, at least consistency has paid off for others. So we'll see how that shakes down. Um, if I had to take the four who are probably going to be eliminated by Sunday, I'd probably say Chase Briscoe, 
William Byron, um, Alex Bowman, who we're getting ready to talk about soon, and I'd say Joey Logano. Yeah, I'd say him too. I don't feel like he's had, like, the greatest season alive. I mean, he's been okay. Like, he's been there. Um, <laughs> so, I feel like it's just one. I feel like he'd be the odd one of them all to not make it. But it will be a shocker to see someone like Kyle Larson, our reigning champion, um, be knocked out given the proximity of where he sits right now in the playoff standings. So, yeah, you know, these type of things are possible. The Roval has been quite chaotic. At least the way it is looking currently, the weather looks pretty good. Looks like it's going to be a clear day. Um, not too hot. It's like it's going to be well in the sixties and maybe the seventies and during the daytime, but, um, we'll see how that all shakes down, but you know, let us know who you guys are thinking about. I think we'll put up a poll to see who you think is getting knocked out of the next round. But, um, speaking of drivers who are in the playoffs, um, Alex Bowman obviously was sidelined this weekend at Talladega and he was replaced by Noah Gregson, but also this weekend as he announced, and I guess for once this podcast being a little bit later in the week has paid off because news came out that Alex Bowman will not be racing at the Roval either um, due to concussion-like symptoms. Same thing with Cody Ware. He is also going to be out, not in the playoffs, but we know he took a pretty hard hit at Texas as well. Um, but yeah, so it's been kind of crazy to see this amount of, these amount of injuries in the play, like just in general. Like I really can't remember a time where this has happened this often, probably in the last, what, 15 years or so, you know, the odd ones out, like when Kyle Lars, I mean, excuse me, when Kyle Busch um, broke both of his legs or when Denny Hamlin hurt his back, like, you know, at, at uh, Fontana. But otherwise, like, the concussions seem to be constant. And I think a lot of drivers have been very vocal about that, especially Kevin Harvick, um, Denny Hamlin, just to, you know, name a few who have been very vocal about the problem that, you know, this car has kind of brought. And I think also... If you notice, a lot of them look the same. Um, like Kurt Busch, he backed into the wall. Looked like a regular hit. Nothing that anyone would ever think like, oh, yeah, he definitely got hurt. Or, you know, th- those are those are just wrecks I've seen and many others have seen over the last 20 years that are just a normal wreck. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just, you know, the car hits the back end and that's it. They get out, going about their business. But um, fortunately, everyone has been able to walk under their own power. But seeing Alex Bowman's um, in-car cam from the Texas wreck, like, you know, after he was done, you see him squinting his eyes and, you know, trying to gather himself, which is typically what we, people do when they do suffer from a concussion um, like that. So, you know, it was a tough hit, but it seems that rear end housing or however you want to say it, the rear end of the car, that's the one of the hardest points in the car. And it's very stiff, clearly, because it doesn't really crumple up like back in the day or just what a few years ago, where if you back the car on the wall, um, that thing is crumpled up like it, it'll look like that that piece of bread that you don't want at the front, right? That's exactly what the back of the car will look like. Now it's just stiff as whatever you want to, you know, allude to, whatever item you want to allude to. So um, now the drivers are taking a lot more of a hit um, compared to the days before. So I think that's been a very common thing. And hopefully there's a way to figure out how to make the rear end of that car crumple more so it can take up more of the hit rather than the driver take as much. I mean, I've seen these drivers' heads move around and, like, I remember the first big wreck with the next gen and Ricky Stenhouse's onboard camera. Like, his head was all over the place. And I'm like, man, um, I've seen some hits, but, you know, they didn't move that, that much. So, you know, it's it's a big concern, no doubt. I don't think it's, like, something that they're just not paying attention to. I highly doubt it. I would hope not. Um, but hopefully that this will be remedied going into 23 because, I mean, it, obviously with a few races to go, I don't think you're just going to magically fix that 
um, problem, I think that's going to be a big, big offseason lift on what is done to make the impact on this card just uh, you know, a little bit less. But um, at least the way it stands right now, we're still going to see the hard hits for the next couple weeks as we roll into the Roval, um, go to Homestead, Las Vegas, um, Martinsville. So, yeah, and Phoenix. So we've got a few races left. I can't believe um, the season is really coming to this point where it's, we're really about to end. It's it's insane. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very, I guess you could say, not an anticlimactic, but it was a very calmer Talladega this weekend. So that's that. Now, for some other news, um, like we said, or like I said, <laughs> I'm constantly saying we because it's just a habit, but A.J. Allmendinger, um, in the news once again, and it seems like he may possibly – not confirmed just yet. He may possibly be coming back to cup for a full-time schedule with colleague. Now, is it far-fetched that that's a thing? No, I don't think so. I think I was telling, I was telling my coworker today or the other day, I'm like, Hey, look, um, I feel like the fact that he's in a winning car in Xfinity, he's definitely a championship contender, no doubt. Um, and Xfinity, and he's been in cars that are capable each and every weekend. He has a car that literally could probably win every single weekend, right? Um, and he's winning races. So I think that competitive bug kind of rejuvenates in some people, like him, for example, who has had like you know had a very up and down ish career when it came to um, Cup Series racing, race for a variety of teams like JTG, uh, Petty at one point. So you know it's like. You know, the cars were okay. He won a couple races at, at JTG, and that was great for him. But, you know, the ability to win more than when he has, you know, in the past, what, 10 years or so, I'm sure that feels great. And, I mean, why not go for it? I mean, not to say he'll stay around for another 10, 15 years, but even if he used to come back and do that for a few more years and give it a go, I definitely think um, the mantra and the Kate, the mantra and the thoughts of how Colleague operates already as trophy hunting I'm sure that just amplifies that even further. I mean, AJ has accomplished a ton in his career as it is, you know, just just as a collective from, you know, stock car racing to auto, I mean, to um, sports car racing, open wheel racing. You know, he's done quite a bit. Like, he's very well-versed. Nice guy as well, um, from what I understand. But, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if they open that up and actually have him come on and race in Cup next season. I definitely would see him as a competitor and – definitely a first season and definitely first year in the playoffs i definitely could see him um getting into the playoffs just that quickly but um yeah they look pretty good i'm sure they're very happy about talladega's result as they've got a few more weeks left in their playoffs too so we'll see how that all shakes down but it's again not confirmed just yet but we'll see the athletic reported it and we'll see if that actually comes to fruition because silly season is not done just yet now on to another thing, um, and this seems like to be a, a trend um, in the offseason. So, obviously, if you're new to this podcast, or obviously, if you aren't new to this podcast, you know that I used to work for NASCAR. I worked there for about five years or so, and, you know, if you don't, and like I said, if you don't know, that's where I first cut my teeth. Now, I'm a newscaster um, on the radio, but still, the one thing that people, for some reason, started to bring up quite often in the end of the season was... Someone might say something of the likes of like, well, you know, I wish we had a couple more weeks off in the during the during the Cup Series season because we're pretty much go go go. We might get one week off, like a year. I think the best year I worked was when we had the Olympic break because we had back to back week weekends where we could actually slow down, which was 
very odd, but it was great. Man, it was a great feeling. Um, so if you guys also don't know who Bozy is, Bozy is not a bot, but he is a great mechanic and he works for Lexus and um, he's on Vassar Sullivan Racing. They actually just won Petit Le Mans, so big shout out to him for that and his team. So that's really cool. But um, Kevin Hart, he had quote tweeted a tweet from Kevin Harvick who said, should be a two-week break with mandatory shutdowns of the shops for one week. Right now we work every everyone's into the ground and set a week for them to plan around with their family and it will be a big deal, right? So, you know, with him saying that, it basically kind of backs into the fact that, well, you work a lot. Like you work a heap ton when it comes to someone especially who's in, in a, you know, working for a cup team as a mechanic or even some people who work as officials or you know, some of the people I know that work in comms, they're on the road every single week almost. So, you know, they might have a little bit of time in between. But if they're home for a couple of days, they are right back on the road on Thursday or Friday. So, um, you know, it's it's tough in itself. And so Bozy had quote tweeted the original tweet and said, you know, single being biggest reason he hasn't entertained offers from cup teams in the past is because of the schedule. And I've had that conversation with a multitude of people um, from friends who work in social media uh, comms, people who were actually work on teams, people who actually race. So a lot of them have said the same thing. It's like, man, I wish we could have a few more off weekends than what we do right now. I mean, think about it. I think the people who work in the truck series probably have it the best uh, when it comes to NASCAR because they have so many off weeks and the schedule is not as long. I believe it's what, 22 races, I think, um, for the season or 26, whatever it is. It's a smaller number compared to the 36 that cup does and with a 30 i think it's 34 or 33 um for xfinity so you know it's a long it's a very long season and it's very grueling and you know someone had also replied like you know look i think that people should be grateful because they work in sports and that they do a cool job and that they know what they signed up for okay sure um you know it's also tough for things to be switched around for these schedules and all these other things and so some people just think like, okay, well, so, you know, there's another sport that goes, you know, 80 games on the road. They do this, they do that. You know, the NBA is what half of the season is on the road, um, half the season is at home. But that doesn't mean, you know, everything just stops. And it's the same thing with like racing, like in working in racing. You know, when you want to go to a wedding or you want to plan time off to see your family or do whatever, because some of us don't all live in North Carolina or wherever it may be. It's tough to do so. And then, you know, one person said, you know, look, you know, people know what the schedule is, basically. Um, you know, we know exactly what it is. You know, there should be people that rotate. Um, you know, I think most people that quit, you know, someone else will fill their job. Sure, someone else will fill the job. But, like, the thing is, like, this still doesn't mean that people that get into it are never going to ever have this thought of, like, well, I wish we could have a few more weeks off. I mean, it's tough. Like, I can't stress that enough. And it annoys me because I've lived it to some extent. Like half of the summer last year, I was on the road. So I wasn't really home that often. I didn't get to see my girlfriend that often. I didn't get to see my family, my friends, and all the above. You know, it's it's hard. Like it's it's a difficult thing. And it doesn't mean that people hate their job or they don't want to do their job anymore. I think it comes down to like, well. Tradition is one thing, but we definitely can look at things and say, oh, well, this wasn't working here like this. Maybe we could change something up. Maybe we could do something a little bit different. Like, I, I think, like, people really still need to stop getting that confused. And I had to address this because I've had I've openly said it on Twitter on my own account, on my own accord. It's like, look, 
People don't hate working in sports. People hate that there's like a lot of, you know, there's obviously a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things you're going to end up missing in life. There's a ton of things. You may miss parties. You may miss outings because you can't be here because you're on the road or whatever. It doesn't mean people hate their job and it never will equal up to that. Now, yes, granted, some people might hate their job. But the thing is, the cycle is going to continue of people, even when they start quitting, and the same people are going to likely realize the same thing. You might get a one or two at the odd bunch that really truthfully just don't want to do anything else in life and don't really have any other obligation, but some people do. So I just wanted to say that real quick because, like, man, people I know they work in this industry love it to death. Like, absolutely love it. I loved it when I worked there, you know? It was fun time. I made, I've made wonderful friends and virtually family at this point um, over the years. And I think, like, People just don't think like anyone who works in sports is just like, okay, well, we hate everything and we don't want to ever, you know, we don't want to do anything and we should just quit because somebody else that's wanting to do our job is going to, you know, pop up. Yes, that might happen. But guess what? At the end of the day, it doesn't mean we can't make changes. So I understand where everyone is coming from on that, like from the industry side, but the people who have never lived and never worked in this industry, you're probably never going to get it. And it's not like a sense of, trying to gatekeep something is just the truth you're just not going to get it because or some people might but there's a lot of people out, out there that just do not get it whatsoever and it is the most mind-boggling thing to me but i'm not going to go on for that for days for days um <laughs> i'm gonna let that be and we're gonna get ready to close this out with predictions of course so i will make sure we get mr renee's predictions in um but yeah um with that being said it is time for some predictions it's time for race predictions all right, so we are headed to the Roval. Um, man, I have been to all of those Roval events except for maybe one, I think. So the inaugural, that's actually where I met Tam for the first time, believe it or not. So that was uh, crazy in itself and super cool moment. But um, for me, I am actually going to go with Chase Elliott to win his third race at the Roval. And for my alternative pick, I am going to go with Christopher Bell, who is a very solid road course racer. And I actually do believe he can pull that one off and get himself locked into the next round of the playoffs. So those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What say you, Mr. Renee? Here are my picks. I am going to go with Christopher Bell as your winner. That is my main pick. Now, my alternative pick, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to go with Austin Centric. That's right. <laughs> I'm going outside the box here. Well, at least for me, Christopher Bell is my main pick. Austin Centric is my alternative pick. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What say you? Let us know at Turns No Breaks across the board. At Turns No Breaks across the board. From For me and my boy, Front Row Kenny, have a great weekend. All right. Thank you, Renee. And look, it is that time. Um, thank you guys for listening to All Turns No Breaks. Make sure you guys follow us at Twitter, at Turns No Breaks. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Turns No Breaks. You can follow me. At Front Row Kenny, I like talking NASCAR. I like talking sports in general. As my beloved Mets get ready for the playoffs, I don't know if I'm going to be going for pain or happiness. I have no idea what's going to happen. We'll see. But either way, um, as always, it's been a great time talking about NASCAR with you all. And hopefully we see you all next week on another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. Of course, I'm going to say stay hydrated. Maybe I'll see you all at the Robo. We'll see. Thanks so much for tuning in. 